So, uh, uh, hi, it's Graham here. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening like this, but uh, I wondered if you could do us a little favour. I haven't told Carol I'm going to do this, and frankly, I'm not sure she's going to find out. Let's maybe keep it that way, shall we? Uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so she won't hear that I've tacked this on to the beginning. But the European Security Blogger Awards, they're about to happen, and Smashing Security has been nominated in a couple of categories. Huzzah, huzzah! You can vote in the awards for your favourite security blogs and security podcasts, hint, hint, but you've only got a few days before the voting closes. So do it today. Do it now. Hit pause. Oh, not before I've told you the URL. It's smashingsecurity.com slash vote. That will redirect you through magic to the voting form. And, well, hey, made the best podcast co-hosted for the last six or so years by a Brit and a Canadian win. Um, yeah, over to you. Smashingsecurity.com slash vote. Thank you very much. We love you all, uh, at least the people who vote for us. Uh, but for now, back to your normal service. And uh, sorry about this interruption. In fact, a US judge controversially ordered her to unlock an iPhone with a fingerprint. Now, the rule is, if you ever get caught by the authorities, by the feds... Cut your thumbs off. Yeah, cut your thumbs off quick. Yeah, preemptively, just in case. Yes. You can never be too careful. Bite it off with your teeth if you Bite it off to. and swallow those thumbs. Yep. And then hope the fingerprint disappears before... Oh, my yeah. goodness. Hope you have strong stomach acid. That's right. <laughs> Smashing Security, Episode 77. Why Paris Hilton doesn't use iCloud, lottery hacking, and Facebook dating, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security episode 77. My name is Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. Hi, Carol, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. It's a beautiful oh, day here. Yeah, it is lovely, isn't day. it? And it's made even more beautiful by our special guest this week. It is the delectable, the delightful, the Cyberwire's Dave Bittner. Dave! Must be morning where you are at the moment. Good morning, good morning. <laughs> We've talked what? the whole night through. Good morning, good morning to you and you and you and you. He's competing with David McKellen. That's what's he going is. on, isn't he? That's coming after you, McKellen. There's only one <laughs> David on this show. I hope it's not raining where you're singing at the moment. It is but not. This... It's actually a beautiful spring day. It's lovely outside. And I'm sitting in a windowless dark room speaking to you all. Well, so. <laughs> that's the pleasure of being a podcaster, right, really, isn't exactly. it? They lock us away. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So as promised uh, on Twitter, we said there'd be singing. So there you go. Mission accomplished. Because I think, like David McCullough, you're a bit of a fan of the old musical theatre from the sound of things. I am. In fact, last week when you all were talking about chess, I, I must admit I may still have the entire chess soundtrack memorised. Wow. And I was a little bit, I was disappointed with Carol that you were unfamiliar with this. Where, what rock did you grow up living under that you did not? Not under the musical, not the musical theater uh, rock, obviously. The Canadian rock. The Canadian rock, (laughs) right. If it had been Rush, then you would know, you would have known every... Ask me anything about how you make maple syrup, then I can answer Mm -hmm. you. (laughs) Avril Lavigne. Oh, wonderful. Brian Adams. uh, That's right. Celine Dion, you're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. I guess the the national tour of chess never made it that far north. Well, it just wasn't on my radar. I see. 
And despite being friends with Graham for 20 years, I am still none the wiser on musical theatre. It was well, big. No, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you saying about me and musical theatre? Well, I'm not that big on musical. I'm not, I'm not like the two Davids. I'm not them. It's going to be our new, uh, our new vaudeville show, The Two Davids. I, I'm not in their camp, as it were. Oh, I see. I see. Okay, sure before this gets ugly, that. we should uh-huh. go to the ads. Fair enough. Jeez, guys. Got to pay the bills. Fist down, fist down. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> this episode of Smashing Security is sponsored by LastPass. LastPass Enterprise makes password security effortless for your organization. LastPass Enterprise simplifies password management for companies of every size. With the right tools to secure your business with centralized control of employee passwords and applications. But LastPass isn't just for enterprises. It's an equally great solution for business teams, families, and single users. Go to smashingsecurity.com forward slash LastPass to see why LastPass is the trusted enterprise password manager of over 33,000 businesses. And welcome back. Now, fellows, I wonder if you are familiar with the name of Pitsabakachadzian. I'm sorry, what? Pitsabakachadzian. Pitsabakachadzian. Oh, that's nice. You have to Easy imagine. Easy to say. It's, <laughs> I, so, Pitsabakachadzian, I'm not actually completely sure of how to, to pronounce it. I've been on YouTube. I've looked up news reports everyone seems to be trying to avoid saying the name of this armenian <laughs> hacker why don't we say Petsar then just say his first name Petsar. Petsar. oh i think i think Petsar is actually a lady Kron, oh. a lady from armenia armenia of course famous for charles aznavour um and also for <laughs> Petsar bakachadzian mm. and you may remember her okay because two years ago in 2016 if you remember that glorious year of 2016 she was accused of identity theft. In fact, a US judge controversially ordered her to unlock an iPhone with her fingerprint. Okay. Now, the rule is, Carol and David, if you ever get caught by the authorities, by the feds... Cut your um, thumbs off. Yeah, cut your thumbs off quick. Yeah, preemptively, just in case. Yes. Bite it, it off be too with your careful. teeth if you have yeah, to. Yeah, just... Bite it off and Chew swallow, it off swallow and those spit thumbs. It out. Yeah. yeah, you have to swallow it. Of course you yeah, would. Right, yeah. And then hope that the fingerprint disappears before. Oh, yeah. my yeah. goodness. Hope you have Please. strong stomach acid. That's, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Whose job would that be? Anyway, so the thing is that you can be compelled by the authorities. And she was compelled. A judge said, yes, you know, you, you do have to put your fingertip on this touch ID sensor thing on this iPhone. Where she wouldn't have had to have handed over her PIN or passcode. Oh, this is the Fifth Amendment thing, right? Where it is. you can't it compel is. someone to say anything that incriminates them. That's right. But you can force someone to put their fingerprint and right. reveal the same information. Now, so, as it yeah. turns out, she was probably the first or second person who was ever compelled to push her finger on an iPhone uh, by the authorities. But it turned out it wasn't very helpful. According to her attorney, George G. Mijigzian, um, they Jeez. got her to use You're all ten. Adding a thousand a day with these names. <laughs> I know. You'd think he'd do a bit of homework and recon first. <laughs> I tried. I really tried. They forced her to use all ten fingers. I don't know if they tried her toes as well to unlock the phone, but <laughs> it didn't unlock at all, right? And so they said to her, "What? Could you just tell us the password, please?" And she said, "Well, it's not my phone." She said, "It's not my." De-. The suspicion is that it belonged to her boyfriend, who was some kind of Armenian gangster. Ah. Anyway. Okay. She was done for identity theft, and I think she was put away for a couple of years. Well, she's in the news again, because Pizza 
has just been sentenced to 57 months in prison in connection with hacks against no less an admirable figure than that of socialite and DJ Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton's a DJ? Oh, yeah, everyone's a DJ these days, Carol. Oh. It's amazing. You can put a microphone in front of anyone and they think they're somehow they professionally they qualified, you know? <laughs> well, I know okay. I am. <laughs> so, okay, so why Paris Hilton? <laughs> well... Well, the thing is that poor old Paris, a couple of years ago, someone, a hacker, broke in. They stole her emails, nude photos and credit card details. They They were lying around her house? No, no, no. They broke into her (laughs) iCloud account. Okay. Gotcha. They caused approximately... I'm going to just list some of the things which happened because it is quite, quite serious stuff. Okay. The hacker caused $130,000 worth of damages, allegedly. They impersonated Paris Hilton. They duped her phone company in order to hijack her mobile devices and they got access to her WhatsApp conversations and photos and videos and texts. They contacted Paris Hilton. So having hacked Paris Hilton, they then contacted her, said, hey, Paris, I don't know if you're aware, but there is some other woman who's hacked into your accounts and is trying to sell all your details to the media. Uh, okay. And your pictures and things. So okay, yeah. They, Someone who's totally not me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Nothing to do with me. But not, right. Nothing to do with me. Uh, their name yeah. is probably Puncha Bitgumbong, which is completely different from <laughs> totally Pizza Bitgumbong. Um, but they also contacted Paris's personal assistant, claiming to be Paris and saying, "Could you just wire fifty thousand dollars into this bank account?" And apparently okay. sent some extremely rude messages, which Paris insists she's not in the habit of being that so rude. So basically, they got a, they got access to her username and password, and then... There's more. There's okay. more. Okay, sorry, There's I'm more. just trying to understand. Yeah, okay, yes. Sorry, yes. carry on. They targeted Paris's parents, and so Rick and Kathy Hilton, to trying to get them to wire money through after failing to get it from the PA. They tried to gain access to Paris's house in a gated community, presumably having found out her address from her information online they booked a penthouse suite at the roosevelt hotel in los angeles that should have been the giveaway why wasn't she staying at hilton and tried (laughs) to throw a new year's party on her credit card tens of thousands of dollars worth of champagne so all in all she can afford it quite (laughs) quite serious right yeah now paris turned up for sentencing this week and i have to say she looked very glamorous there are videos of her online she's dressed up to the nines can we see can we see yeah, yeah, we've got a, a little video there you can check out. Hey, Paris, how'd it go in there? Oh, wow. Look served. at the glasses. The she has pearl-encrusted sunglasses on. She is dressed up to the nines, but at sixes and sevens with Apple yeah, over the iCloud security. And, and her message to the world is don't trust the iCloud. She says she doesn't use it anymore. iCloud. Are you are you going to switch from iCloud? Or are you going to still be using an iPhone? I don't use iCloud at all. I haven't since, uh, since this happened. Yeah. I don't trust it. So she doesn't trust the iCloud. We don't happen to know what her password was. We don't. Okay. Not on this occasion, <laughs> because <laughs> I've been following Paris Hilton for some time. Not in the sort of stalky identity theft kind of way oh no but way back when in 2005 when i was a young whippersnapper she had her t-mobile sidekick hacked do you remember the sidekick no the sidekick was a little pda which people had before iphones it was like the the really cool trendy thing which all the celebs had for texting you know i'm going to text nicole yeah t-mobile sidekick was beloved by american celebs and she made the mistake 
of you know uh, the, those password reset questions where they mm-hmm. ask you know what's your mother's maiden name all that she <laughs> one of her questions was what's the name of your favorite pet or whatever and she chose the name of her pet chihuahua tinkerbell Mm-hmm. And it wasn't hard to find out the name of her chihuahua <laughs> because she carried it around with her everywhere. It was an accessory. She once lost it, yeah, offered on. a $5,000 reward. That was a while ago, though. We'd only been banging on about password for about a decade then. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I think that was way back in 2005. All I'm saying is this isn't her first experience of being hacked. And, of course, she's been used as a lure many times. Mm-hmm. With, like, double-click here to see the Paris Hilton sex video. But this was obviously pretty nasty. Now, she's tweeted up a picture of herself looking suitably poised, um, saying, karma has no menu, you get served what you deserve. So she's obviously very pleased that Pizza Bang has now been sentenced to 57 months in prison for this. And it was obviously a very distressing time, not just for Paris, but also for her family and others. Now, a a lot of people think Paris Hilton is a bit of an airhead, but I actually think she's quite sharp because she's made a career for herself with, I I don't know what her DJ talents are, but somehow (laughs) she has made herself... A fortune by basically just turning up to other people's parties, hasn't she? No. Yeah, it's your dream job, isn't it, Graham? No. No? no what do you think? She's made herself a fortune by being an heiress. Yeah. Well, she kind of started off with a little head start yeah. being the heiress to the Hilton fortune. Yeah. I mean, let's not leave that part out. Yeah, the diamond-encrusted sure spoon. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yes, I know, but she's obviously augmented this enormously, sure. hasn't she? By endorsements and Rocketed perfumes. to fame with a stolen sex tape, as you do. Well, like maybe you do, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she's kept herself in the spotlight. Oh. She's realised that she has a certain celebrity cachet. I mean, you know, but she's... I think she's, you have a thing for her, because I think you'd be, you'd be a little outraged if it was, wasn't her. I think you've got a little... Well, no, I, well, look, look, we don't know that she did anything dumb here, right? Here's the lesson from this, right? I think she's been a bit mean on iCloud because who knows what other cloud services this could have happened with. My big question would be, did she have two-factor authentication enabled on iCloud? My suspicion is that, like many, many people at the time, she did not. Now, Apple's become more aggressive about pushing you to enable that Mm -hmm. kind of feature these days. And so hopefully more people have, but I suspect there are many who haven't. We'll include a link in the show notes telling people how exactly to do that. But I, I don't think anyone deserves this to happen to them, whether they're huge celebrities like the Cyberwire's Dave Bittner. or <laughs> oh, thank, Thanks for putting that bullseye on my back. Smash, <laughs> smashing securities corral terrier. You know, all Great. ends of the spectrum, right? I mean, it's... No. Uh, <laughs> could have been Steve Gibson from Security Now, you know. If you right, anyway, there you go. Yeah, I, I don't know what he calls his chihuahua. <laughs> David, what's your story for us this week? Ah, this story captured my imagination. This reads like a true crime novel. This is from the New York Times. The uh, author is Reed Forgrave, a little easier to pronounce. Imagine you're Rob Sands, a mild-mannered prosecutor with the Iowa Attorney General's office. (laughs) He's given a case involving an unclaimed winning lottery ticket that's worth $16.5 million. Whoa. And they're not even sure that the crime has been committed. They have the serial number of the winning ticket, and they have security camera footage from the gas station where the ticket was purchased. And that footage shows a middle-aged, overweight man wearing a, wait for it, hoodie. (laughs) And he purchases the winning ticket. Now, 
the lottery in their history had never had a ticket worth more than a million dollars go unclaimed. Hmm. So time passes, and they keep reminding people who live near here that, hey, this ticket is out there. Of course, several people try to claim the ticket, say, I lost it, or, you know. So the lottery's saying there's no such thing as this ticket, because we don't have any ticket. We don't owe any money. We don't owe a 60 No, no, no. The lottery's saying this ticket is out there. We know the serial number of this ticket. Right. We have video of the person who purchased it. Why on earth haven't help they come and claimed them. it? Yeah, Why haven't the they come or... forward to claim their $16.5 right. million? Dollars? Where is this middle-aged, overweight man wearing a hoodie? Exactly. Okay, exactly. with you. So with you. hours before the deadline for claiming the prize, mm-hmm. lawyers show up at the lottery's offices. <laughs> and they're claiming the prize on behalf of a trust whose beneficiary is a corporation in Belize. <laughs> <laughs> now... Unsurprisingly, yep. this raised the attention of the Iowa Attorney General's office. <laughs> they opened an investigation. Brilliant. So time passes, and this investigation is going nowhere. Years pass. Okay. Now, they don't pay out the money, but yeah. they decide they're going to release the security camera footage of the person buying the ticket, so they make that public. And that footage has audio of the customer interacting with the store clerk. Okay. Uh, no, thanks. Turns out several people recognize the voice of the person buying the ticket, and they identify the person as belonging to one Eddie Tipton, who okay. was employed as, wait for it, <laughs> information security director for the Multi-State Lottery Association. Shut up. <laughs> you know, that is a spot of bad luck, isn't it? Because you just happen to work... What are the odds? You, you happen to be in charge of IT security at the lottery. And, right. Oh, darn it. I haven't won $10. I've won $16.5 million. <laughs> yeah. People are going to be a little bit suspicious What of am this. I going to do? What right. I'll do is I'll set up some fake company in Belize and get some lawyers to represent me, see if they can get the winnings. Okay, shush, shush, Graham. I want to hear what happens next. All right, so okay. what he did... So, all right, so how did he do it? So what he did was... He was the person who wrote the code for the random number generators. Oh, my God. And so what he did was, this is actually quite (laughs) clever. He inserted code that on three days out of the year, instead of using a random seed for the random number generators, it would insert a known seed, which would reduce the pool of potential winning numbers to just a few hundred possibilities instead of about 11 million possibilities. So, So not stupid. Not stupid. A very lightweight code. Yeah. Didn't really increase the file size. And and deals with his own guilt in that there is still the uh, the possibility of getting winning or not winning, right? Well, Well, he lowers the pool to a few hundred. He'd buy a few hundred tickets, I expect. There will still be be winners, right? It's not like he'll be the only winner. There will still be winners, so it won't seem like there's anything out of the ordinary. He has to go buy a few hundred tickets with every possible combination Mm -hmm. and then... Profit. But that in itself looks a bit suspicious. But anyway, okay, carry on. Well, <clears throat> but yeah. there's more to the story. Oh, okay, okay, I love it. So, they go searching back to find the history of Mr. Tipton, and they find <laughs> that this jackpot wasn't the first winning ticket associated with Mr. Tipton. <laughs> His brother had won $568,000 a decade earlier. Yeah. And his best Uh, friend had won $783,000, each of them, totally (laughs) coincidentally, on one of the three lucky days that occurred every 
year. Lucky days. Wow. Yeah. Now, the, another part of the story is the investigators made use of social media accounts to help connect the dots and find some of the people who helped him with this. And, and there were people who were in on it, like his brother and his best friend, but there were also sort of unwitting accomplices who he, he had a, a, an ex-girlfriend who he said, listen, I, since I work for the lottery, I'm not allowed to win, but I happen to have this winning lottery ticket for $20,000, right. and if you will go cash it in for me, I'll give you a few thousand dollars. and everybody. <laughs> I'll give you a few grand. We'll call it a day. Right. Wow. So in the end, uh, he was sentenced to 25 years in prison. <gasps> wow. um, he he's That's expressed so remorse for what he did. Uh, he will likely years. he'll likely be out in seven or so. Um, but uh, c- clever gentleman got carried away. Crime does not pay. <laughs> it re- it's, I have to say, what a great story. It really it? and, and please go check out the story because there yeah. are I've I've had to leave out a lot of the details for time and, and it reads like a true crime novel. It is it is a compelling fun read. Yeah. yeah. And what brilliant work by the authorities as well to actually identify what was going on. My feeling is that he must have thought, Oh no, why have I won so much? Because the fact that it was sixteen and a half million dollars rather than for instance, $500,000 or something like that. First world problem, eh? First world <laughs> right, problem. Exactly, right. <laughs> it actually made it worse, didn't it? And it then did. they had to come in at the last minute to try and collect the cash. That's what unraveled the whole thing. But also, there's a moral here about the insider threat. You know, who's mm-hmm. going to watch the watchers? You've hired people to stop hackers coming in to maintain the security of your systems. But what if those infosec people themselves are actually a bit bent so what, what would have happened, do you think, if he had kind of basically anonymously sent the winning lottery ticket to a charity or to a worthy nonprofit? Well, one of the rules in the Iowa lottery is that you have to identify yourself in order to win. Ah. So you cannot win anonymously. It's and that's not, a state. Right, that's like a state by state thing. I believe so. And here in the states, you have state run lotteries, and then you have these multi state lotteries, which are the big. The big prizes, they, they usually call them Powerballs. Not like pennies, or, like 16.5 million. But. Well, but the, those are the ones that get up to those big prizes. So this yeah. one that he won for 16.5 million, that would have been a multi-state prize. Oh, right. Okay. I see. Yeah, but that's what he was in charge of. Huh. And uh, they were lucky that they had the old computers in storage that had his rogue code in it. They were able to pull them out of storage, have someone go audit the code, and that's when they found it. If I remember correctly, because I remember this case coming up, he actually disabled some of the security cameras, which were watching the servers or something oh, like I that. I don't when know. I, did, I didn't see that detail in the story. Did you just but, do a little uh, bit of Googling there? No, no, no. I remember <laughs> writing about this a while back. Uh, and I, I think that's when he installed this bit of code or something. It's just like mm. a few mm-hmm. suspicious minutes. But of course, being the IT security guy, he had access to those systems. It is a fascinating case. And, uh, you know, so salutary warning to all of us. Mm-hmm. Seven years at least in the clinic. Oh, you're thinking I'm smart. What, what's wrong with you now, Carol? Nothing. Nothing. I think it's kind of genius. I think there's a movie rights here. I think someone should write this up. Mm. David? (laughs) He just has. That's right. We just had a bit of color and then we'll sell it. Well, you know it's going to be a musical. (laughs) (laughs) Money, money, money. (laughs) Carol, what's your story for us this week? Imagine you have this really connected bud bud. Now we're talking really connected. You know, a pal that knows everybody and promises to introduce you to new and exciting people. 
people with whom you just might be interested in having a bit of romance with. Now there's a problem. This buddy of yours very recently seriously let you down. Guess how? By sharing all your personal secrets and the secrets of your closest friends with God knows who. Hmm. So now they're sitting there going, they got caught and they're saying, sorry, 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 won't happen again. But what do you do? Do you trust them to help you find the love of your life? Or do you laugh and walk away? <laughs> right? I think it depends on how desperate you are for love. I mean, loneliness is reported to be the biggest all-time high these days. So maybe people are just desperate. You're not talking about me, Carol. Have I done something that's upset you? I'm wondering where this is going. Do I need to step out of the room for a few minutes while you two work this out? Yeah. Are we really going to do this on the podcast? (laughs) Graham, it's about time. I I just need an explanation. I want to understand why, at the latest Facebook annual developer conference, Mark Zuckerberg (laughs) announced that Facebook was moving into the online dating service. So today, uh, we are announcing a new set of features coming soon around dating. This is going to be for building real long-term relationships, all right? Not just hookups. If you want, you can make a dating profile and we've designed this with privacy and safety in mind from the beginning. You're only gonna be suggested people who are not your friends. Right, and he's saying 200 million Facebook users are listed as uh, single on the app and the Facebook CEO says he wants to help. Because if there's one Ugh. thing about we know about Mark Zuckerberg, it's that he's looking out for others. Yeah. Exactly. Now, yes. he's, he's, it's weird. He's trying very hard not to compete with Tinder. So he said quite uh, clearly that this is be, this will be focused on love and not hookups. Oh. Um, Rico quoted the Zuck saying, uh, you know, when he was reflecting on his empire, he said, if we're focused on helping people build meaningful relationships, then this is perhaps the most meaningful of all. <laughs> If there's one person I wouldn't trust for dating advice, it would be Mark Zuckerberg. He must be the most uncomfortable, awkward person imaginable. It's like, we we all saw him in those videos giving testimony. You know, just reach for glass. And they're still still neck deep dans la merde, you know, with this personal privacy scandal (laughs) involving Cambridge Analytica. So why during that time, why aren't they kind of going, hey guys, look, we're adding all these new privacy widgets to make, you know, to gain your trust. And instead, they're just asking for more information from its users. <laughs> so am I missing am I missing a play here? I think it's another example of how tone deaf they seem to be when it comes to these sorts of things. Yeah. Well and also how tone deaf maybe the users are too. I mean there's I, I think we're still waiting to see whether there's been a, a noticeable impact upon Facebook's numbers by all these scandals, whether people are still as knitted into the social network as ever. And something mm. like this may make them even more sticky, if you're yeah. pardon the expression. They're saying at the moment it's going to be free to use and free of ads and just think it's probably a digital crack model being used again, you know, get them hooked and then slowly start introducing targeted ads. I mean, they're not a non-profit, right? So they're not just doing this for the love of it, no matter what he says. No. So uh, there's got to be money making somewhere here. I did see a story recently. Someone made the point that if you really wanted an accurate dating service, then Google would be the one to run it because... They know everything about you. They know the real you based on everything you search for. So there's the you that you put in your dating profile, which is the Mm. idealized version of you. But Google knows Mm. what you search for in the middle of the night. And so... (laughs) 
they could grass you up. Well, yeah. you could say, oh, you think you're the only one he's chatting with? There's all these other people. Or did you know about his fetish? Exactly. So they can find people who have the same dark secrets that you do yeah. and connect you. Ew. My God, do you really want your dark secrets being reflected back at you? Musical theatre. It, <laughs> as, as creepy as it is, if you want to find happiness, then I guess finding someone who shares the same interests that you do yeah. would probably be a good thing. I wonder if Facebook, because you have to create a new account, so it's a separate dating profile. So somehow you access this new profile through your existing Facebook profile. Right. But potential dates will see your special dating profile instead of your standard Facebook profile. Like, this is easy. Like, I don't even (laughs) understand how this all works. But essentially, they're kind of separated. And I was wondering whether Facebook just wants to see how profiles compare. You know, the dating dating one being, I'm in perfect shape, I look fantastic. A bit like Trump's doctor (laughs) said his health was, Mm -hmm. right? Versus the reality or what they say on on their, with their friends and family. Mm. It doesn't sound like people would find this at all confusing doing that. So would you be able to have a different date of birth or different age on the dating app? Because no that's idea. what everyone does, doesn't and it? And we don't know a lot about it because it's only coming out in a few months. So I'd say look out for it or perhaps steer clear of it in the next few months <laughs> when it starts making its one, play. One of my aunts, well, one of my wife's aunts recently passed away, sadly. And it turned out at her funeral that she'd been lying about her age the entire time. And she was five years older mm. than everyone believed. <laughs> Because she didn't want people to know. But I, I wonder whether, yeah, what sort of cross-pollination there'll be between the real profiles and the fake ones. Yeah. But I just find it just staggeringly shocking that they're not still mea culping. Because I think they ought to be. And instead, during the meal culpa, we're, we're also launching this service where we can even get more of your stuff. And don't worry, it's going to be safe. It's going to be safe. It's going to be safe. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Well, Facebook does have a history of saying sorry, but it doesn't necessarily have a history of then fixing things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, there was an interesting article I saw where, where they were cataloging all of the apologies that Mark Zuckerberg has given over the years and we're going to be better in the future. And it's like, wow, this was years ago. And yeah. yet the same problems that keep on occurring again and again. Uh, and also dating sites, that's valuable information, potentially very sensitive information as well. Exactly. It's a, it's a good thing that there have never been any dating or hookup sites that have uh, suffered badly at the hands of hackers like um, <laughs> Ashley Madison or anything like that, isn't it? Exactly. Didn't we talk about one just a few weeks ago? We're always talking about one. It was Grinder, Wasn't one. it Grinder? It was Grinder, I think. Yeah. Possibly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, Carol, are you signing up? Are you, are you going for it? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I plan to reactivate my Facebook account, get right on board. Oh, yeah, because yeah. we're not Facebookers anymore, are we? No. Are you, are you missing are. Facebook at all? Yeah, I've been crying so much. <laughs> I, was at, I was on the Devon coast this weekend. It was a glorious weekend. Uh, and, uh, yeah, very beautiful. And I didn't miss. I had no coverage, thanks three. And, um, you know, but it was quite freeing. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. Maybe I'll just sign up as Graham Cluley, since you're not on Facebook oh, anymore. God. And see what happens. See who... See what happens. Who wants to have a dream date with Graham Cluley? <laughs> I'm sure there's someone out there. Yeah. We'll find them. I doubt it. Don't, don't count your chickens just yet, honey. <laughs> This episode of Smashing Security is sponsored by LastPass. LastPass simplifies password management for companies of every size. But it isn't just for enterprises. It's equally a great solution for business, teams, families, and single users. Learn more at smashingsecurity.com forward slash LastPass. Right. Okay. That's wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> and welcome back. And you join us at our favorite time of the show. It's the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. 
of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, an app, a website, a podcast. Whatever you like. It does not have to be security-related necessarily. At all. And my Pick of the Week is a website this week. Now, if you're the kind of person whose night can be completely and utterly ruined and you end up in a wobbly puddle of tears because a dog dies in a movie, something like that, then I've got the website for you. It's called www.doesthedogdie.com. And you can go to this website and it will tell you whether a dog dies in the movie or a cat. Okay, I am a dog and cat lover and I think this is really a ridiculous pick of the week. What do you mean? No. Ridiculous. No. No, it's quite handy. Ridiculous. Is it? Do you remember Dexter, the emotional support peacock? <laughs> this is the kind of website those sort of people need. Turner and Hooch. So what, you're just not going to watch? You just close your eyes when well, something no, bad no, happens? No, this is very yes. useful. You're, you're scrolling through the movies that you think you want to watch, and you say, okay. oh, look, it's a delightful buddy cop movie with a dog. Well, before I'm going to commit myself to this emotionally, I'm going to go to Does the Dog Die?, and see if it's worth my time okay. or not. I have a secret for you. If it says drama, it dies. If it's comedy, it lives. But some comedies aren't very good, Carol. Oh, that's and true. And the dog might die. Or it might be a gross-out comedy where the dog dies. You might Repeatedly, think over gen- and over and over again. <laughs> like Groundhog Day. <laughs> or uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. That's a great Does, movie. Don't horrible see? things happen to the cat in Meet the Parents? Does it get electrified or go down the loo or something? Again, traumatic things. Yes. Right? I'm sure doesthedogdie.com would cover that. And it's not just dogs and cats, crew. It also checks for other triggers, like are there any clowns which mm-hmm. appear in this movie? <sighs> or if, if shaky cam is used. Now, they have catalogued 5,683 movies at the time of recording. <laughs> oh, right. So practically covered everything that's ever been done. 517 TV shows and a frankly rubbish 247 books. <laughs> But I think this is... <laughs> they mention a clown on page 27. Skip it. Do they tell you when to fast forward? Maybe you could just watch the movie but miss the 30 seconds. <laughs> you can... Don't criticise the number of movies. Is this crowdsourced? So we're watching it going... Yes, of course. You... There's not one lunatic crow <laughs> who's going through movies looking for shaky cam and clowns. No, because that never well, happens. The cow gets paint on it. It always no. starts with one, Graham. It always starts with one, and then there's a hanger-on that takes over. It's always, yeah. <laughs> it's just like I was saying earlier about these are the they know what you search for in the dark of night. This is the, this person found. What do you search for, David? Because I'm getting interested now. Musical theater history. <laughs> you get a problem with that? Because I search like how to make a risotto. Mm-hmm. A risotto. Yeah. <laughs> it's a risotto. <laughs> Anyway, that's why doesthedogdie.com is my pick of the week. Thank you very much. Pick of the week. Excellent. Better be better than Graham's, just saying. My pick of the week, which I would say is as good as Graham's excellent pick, (laughs) Mm -hmm. is a game. And this game is called Kingdom Rush. It's not a new game, but it is a fun game. It's a game that I have been playing for several years now. A game that I enjoy playing with my young son, who's 11 years old. We will sit on the couch together with an iPad, and we will play this game together. We will team up Ooh. and play this game. Here I was imagining him running through the fields outside. Yeah, yeah well, he, you know, he does that too. But well, then he comes yeah. home to me, and we sit on the couch, and we play, <laughs> we play this game together. Uh, this is a, a, a tower defense game, this is the, the genre. Oh, I like that. But 
what I love about this is that it is witty, it is funny, they have a good sense of humor, and sprinkled throughout are all sorts of pop culture references, everything from the sand people from Star Wars to Indiana Jones, and so there's all sorts of fun little yeah. things along the way, little cute sound effects. It's, it's a delightful game, okay. and what you can drop in and play for 20 minutes if you have some time to kill. You could blow an entire day playing this game, but it's... Hours and hours of fun. <laughs> if tower defense games are your sort of thing, I highly recommend this. What it's, age would you say? Is well, I'd for? say hmm, probably ten and up, something like that. And there's, there's, there's not. Okay. I mean, there's yeah. there's cartoon violence. There's orcs being killed, and you know, you're launching arrows and spells and things like that. But not for the faint. Well, I mean, there's blood, but it's not gruesome or anything like that. It's it's, it's not it's not red. It's blue, so it's fine. <laughs> Has it been categorized on doesthedogdie.com? I don't know if mm, they do That's a good question. Do yet. they do video games? Oh, that's good. Mm. I don't know. Doestheorkdie.com. Graham, I think we're onto something here. <laughs> so that's my pick of the week. Kingdom Rush. Check it out. There's several sequels to this game, but it's hours and hours of great fun. So enjoy. I'm impressed you managed to get out a daily Cyberwire podcast if you're playing this. This sounds very addictive. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Maybe you're doing it while you're talking on the show. Right, exactly. Right. Something happened today. I don't know. Oh, orcs. Oh, ow. <laughs> Crow, what's your pick of the week? So this weekend was a long one, and we went off to celebrate my father-in-law's 70th birthday in Devonshire, which is close to Plymouth. Now, this is a drive that normally takes me about three hours, and it took eight. It was like bumper-to-bumper mm. traffic. So I was, you know, as, as wonderful as my husband is, <laughs> I was very happy <laughs> that, we, that I downloaded a uh, pretty recent podcast thriller from Gimlet called Sandra. Now, the story's quite fun. So you basically follow Helen, and she gets a job at a tech company called Orbital Dynamics. So think Amazon or Google, something like that. And the company is known for its great, helpful AI called Sandra. So think Siri or Alexa. Now, while Sandra is revered by most as one of the best and most wonderful AIs, in reality, the whole service is powered by humans who are pretending to be a machine who is pretending to be human. How crazy is that? So there's seven episodes. They're 30 minutes long. It's a bit ad heavy, but the flow works. And, you know, you weren't kind of getting frustrated with the, with the number of ads. There is oh. one single problem. The end. It hangs. There's no conclusion. There's no hook. It's a dribble. Like, bleh. So listeners, Mm. beware. And that is frustrating, isn't it, when a story's kind of good, and especially they call it a thriller themselves. I think that means there should be a conclusion of some sort. Is there going to be another series of it or something? I suspect there'll be another season, but they haven't confirmed that. But I just think even if you're planning two seasons, you can still have a mini end at the end of a Some a sort season. of cliffhanger or something. Exactly. And they say they released all their episodes in late April. So there are seven episodes. Maybe they're going to release a bonus eight one later on, but I just find it a bit irritating if that's the plan. Anyway, other than that, it's very good. I think it's worth listening. If you're in a long car drive, have a go. It's quite fun. Um, and even Ethan Hawke's in it, you know. So he plays this power-hungry disaster of a boss, a bit like, uh, was it David Brent from The Office? <laughs> so uh, he's quite good at it. His voice is, gets all squeaky and stuff, same as it was when he was 20. Oh. <laughs> there you go. So Sandra from Gimlet. Okay, well, Hi. I think we've all, can I say, all of us, 100%, absolutely all of us, have had wonderful picks of the week this week. So well done us. Yes, except for yours. <laughs> well, especially yours. Thank you. Well, that just about wraps it up this show. David, if people want to follow you and the Cyberwire online, what's the best way to do that? 
Go to thecyberwire.com. You can find everything there. Fantastic. And you can follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity, no G. Twitter wouldn't last to have a G. And you can buy stickers and mugs and T-shirts and things at smashinsecurity.com slash store. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you like the show, rate it on Apple Podcasts. Thanks to everyone who's done that. We've had a few new ones, uh, quite a few new ones last few weeks. So thanks so much. Yeah, I saw your one, crawl actually. <laughs> <laughs> I did, didn't I do it at one of the end of the last episodes? Yes. I said I was the best. Yes, you I? said Kroll's yes. the best. So that was a yes. really great review. Thanks, Kroll. You're very welcome. Um, anyway, it does really help you listeners discover the show. And you can listen to past episodes at smashingsecurity.com as well. Until next time, cheerio. Bye-bye. Adieu. Sorry, I did yeah. go on a bit, didn't I? You? Mine? No, no. Shush, shush, shush. Shush, shush. Hush, hush. Don't speak. Okay.